Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is 2023's first installment of Three Things, where we talk about three random things each. Yeah, I put up a question box on my Instagram at the end of last year asking what topics people wanted us to talk about, who people wanted us to have on as guests. And we got so many people who said they loved three things. And I'm so glad because I love three things. Me too. Well, I guess without further ado, tell us what three things did you bring for us today? So I pulled two of my three things from messages I got from people saying they wanted to hear us talk about these topics on the podcast. So they're kind of on the more practical side, but I think they'll be fun. One is what you wear for working from home. Okay. How you think about getting dressed. The second one is journal prompts. Oh. What do you write about in your five-year journal? How do you decide what to write about? Do you have any like methods for choosing what to write about? Oh, okay. And the third one is embarrassing stories. I wanted to know if you have a most embarrassing moment. And if not, it's okay because I'm just throwing this at you. And I was going to talk about an embarrassing story from my past because I don't know. Why not? Okay. What are yours? Okay. So my first one is I would like to talk about what are the movies that you have bought on Amazon Prime or Apple? I recently realized that mine are so unhinged. (laughs) And I want to know what yours are, and I will obviously share mine. Oh, man, I have to go to Prime right now and look at this. The second thing I would like to talk about is what is the realistic dream trip that you most want to take in 2023? Mm. And then the third thing I would like to talk about is Emily in Paris and specifically what kind of addictive element they have laced it with to make us all (laughs) watch it, even though we all agree it is objectively bad. I haven't seen it. What? I know. I don't know how or why. Maybe it's like I know that it's going to like suck me in and I just like haven't gotten there yet. I I don't know. But I'm curious to hear about it. Okay. Okay. But before we get into all of that, Mm -hmm. let's talk about highs and lows. Yeah. What is your what is your high this week? My high is that I finished my round of book edits. That is, I think... The last round, I might have a few more small things come through. I think they're sending it to production on the 20th, and then it's closed. The end is in sight. The end is in sight. I'm really glad to be done. I think you can tell in my voice that this is also my low, so we'll get there. (laughs) All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Tell me your high. My high is that... I feel somewhere in the distance, there is sort of a moment where I'm going to get back into my routine. I'm I'm crawling there slowly, but we're back from being in South Carolina with my family, which is great. But I just like am ready to move. I'll, I'll talk more about that once it's actually going to happen. It stresses me out too much to talk about it without having signed the papers, but just ready to like have some sort of routine again. It It's a mess right now, but I see it. I see it there in the distance and I'm working towards it slowly. <laughs> it is ironic, I guess, how hard we have fallen apart one week into the new year. If you listen we're, to- We're so excited. So now we're like, excited. we are dead. <laughs> Last week, new year, new me, this feeling, it's great. I'm going to conquer everything. And this week we just spent like an half an hour before we started recording, just complaining and talking about how awful everything is. Becca was like, I, what'd you say? I feel like I'm going to get out of the hole. Is that what you said? And no, I, I, said, feel like I feel I like I need to, I need to go into oh. a hole to recover. And I need just like, I feel so pessimistic about everything. I need to go into a hole for a week and like unburn myself out. And you were like, yeah. I'm in the hole. I was like, yeah, I just live here now. Like, I've made a small space to sleep. I have, like, a little work area where I don't work. Like, I'm just living in the hole in denial and uh, in darkness. And it's it's going going well. (laughs) I guess this is a great transition into your low. I feel broken. Which is just three words. (laughs) Yeah. I feel broken. I guess it's emblematic of how tough this process has been for me. I handed in my edits on Saturday night wild Saturday night. I did it in the most melodramatic way possible. The email said, I did my damnedest. This is how it ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. To quote 
T.S. Eliot on World War One. Like, name a more melodramatic way to hand in your edits. <laughs> I mean, it's, it has flair. It has flair. It has pizzazz. It has literary references. What more could you want? Everyone who deals it's, with me deserves a raise. I, okay, just to like take a slight tangent, this process has turned me into someone I did not expect to become. <laughs> I, Olivia can vouch, I am a very even-tempered, even-keel person in my day-to-day life. I am yeah. not super emotionally needy. I am not... Unflappable. I'm un- Yes, I, that's a great word to describe me in normal life. In writing life, you are flapped. I am the polar opposite. I am so needy and insecure and melodramatic. I am the worst. I you are not the worst. I think it's all very understandable. And I think it's commendable that you vocalize it. Oh. Because I think that's healthy. I'd like to be less worse on the next (laughs) one. I feel, too would like to be less worse. Yeah, it doesn't feel great to me either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel pretty broken right now. I I really just want to be done and somebody to tell me I'm perfect and to go sleep for a while and not do anything. Yeah, I get that. You deserve that. I don't know how realistic it is. Yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> you're you're. I will say once again, you're still moving forward. You're still making progress. And that's something. Just wait till I go into the hole. No progress. 2023. <laughs> it, it's it's fine here. It's great. <laughs> Tell me your low. Oh, man. My low is my house is a mess. I'm a mess. I As I sit here, I am pantless. I am brawless. You're pantless? I, You're Winnie the Pooh? I'm pantless. It's, it's, a long, it's a long flannel shirt. Okay. It, this looks like the shirt of like a 1870s lumberjack. Victorian nightgown. My hair is unbrushed. I have not brushed my teeth. I woke up like an hour before we recorded this. I am. Does this sound like the the person that you would want advice from <laughs> of what to wear to work from home? Because you're going to get it. Yeah. You guys are in for a treat. I am merely existing. And as I said, I look forward to the day when I have my, you know, life back together. As of now, it is it is chaos. So. Yeah. Follow us I feel for okay, more though. uplifting, uplifting <laughs> sermons. <laughs> the juxtaposition of last week's episode to this one is just like, well, I guess we flew too close to the sun there. Despite what a downer this intro is, I do think this episode is going to be fun, though. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Let's take a quick ad break and let's get into it. So most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. Switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I've done for my hair. And even better, the results I'm seeing just keep getting better and better over time. And I know that Olivia is a new convert and feels the same. Yes, I really do. And I think with other hair care in the past, I've noticed that my hair has kind of gotten used to the products after a while of using them and stopped feeling as soft and smooth after each use. But pros has not been like that at all. I've seen a noticeable and consistent improvement with my hair's strength and shine as I've used the products for the past six months or so. And I also, of course, love the scent. Becca and I both have the Corsica scent, and it makes every shower feel like a spa-like experience. And the cool thing about Pros is its in-depth hair quiz, which is how we both figured out exactly what conditioner and shampoo combinations worked best for us. So we like ours, but you're going to get something totally different that's customized to you. And the quiz is about so much more than just hair type or hair damage. It asks you about your zip code, your eating habits, how much you exercise, and so much more. It like really gets granular. And I also love Pros's review and refine tool, which lets you tweak your formula for any reason in case you want to change something, like if you dye your hair or your hair is suddenly more damaged. And it also allows you to give feedback on how they've done in the past round. So it just keeps getting better and better. For me personally, if I stick to my 2023 goal of finally dyeing my gray hairs, plan to use this feature. And I love knowing that if coloring my hair affects how it feels or looks, I can just adjust my pros formula accordingly. And what makes pros even better is that if you're not 100% positive, pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back. No questions asked. I think that is an incredible feature. 
Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Let's get into this. Can I start? I just, I need to know what you've bought on Amazon Prime for movies. So the reason this came up. Wait, can TV also be included? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason this came up was on Christmas, I wanted to watch Elf. I watch Elf every Christmas. It's my favorite Christmas movie. And I knew that I'd bought it on Amazon Prime. So I went to go find it. And in the folder of other things I had bought, I was like, what the fuck have I been doing? What what is it? Okay, let's see. So there are varying levels of embarrassing, too. Like some of them I, I stand by. Altogether, I've bought nine movies on Amazon Prime. The first Respectable. one. Yep. First one is Love and Basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. We were at one point developing a project, potentially a podcast project that they wanted to be kind of similar to Love and Basketball in terms of like the story beats. So that's why I bought it. Yeah. Okay. I have a Hallmark movie called One Winter Weekend. Nice. Mm-hmm. I have another Lifetime Christmas movie called Christmas Around the Corner. The shameful thing is that I don't even remember this movie. I, yeah, it seems forgettable just by name. Yep. I have Chalet Girl, obviously, most <sighs> underrated rom-com of all time. I have Beyond the Lights, which is like the black version of A Star is Born, which I fully stand by and I think is a hugely underappreciated movie. Okay. It's great. I stand by that one. When did that come out? I've never heard of that. Say like five years ago, six, I don't know. Hmm. In the 2010s, it does star Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. It's a no for me. In a supporting (laughs) role. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Plays himself, basically. Anyway, I'm, yeah. Then I have After, the movie that I was told is based on Harry Styles fan fiction. So I expected it to be like the idea of you, and it is not at all. It's actually quite Isn't bad. Is that like basically porn? I don't know that I would go that far, but it, it maybe the book is. The movie isn't. Oh, okay. Isn't it on Netflix? I thought it sounds familiar, but maybe I'm confusing it with something else. I think you're thinking of the right thing. I, I didn't think it was. No, so okay. horny. It's like a melodramatic college love story. Can I do a, a quick tangent here? Yeah. Speaking of porn like movies, have you seen Lady Shatterley's Lover? No. Okay. Never mind. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the most graphic Netflix movie I've ever seen. Oh, it wow. was it was intense. Oh, but anyway, go on. To round out my nine movies that I've bought, um, next is Girls Trip. I can stand by that. I think that's a good mm. Good nice. movie. Pitch Perfect. I really stand by that one. I watch Pitch Perfect at least once a year. Wow. It's just a mood. Really? Yeah, I think it's a crowd pleaser. It's a mood. Yeah. Okay. I will not be taking any more questions. <laughs> um, and then I have Elf, which I think is a, a um, respectable movie to own. Oh, always. And always. my cost per watch is probably quite low because I do watch it every year. Yeah, it's a it's a sound financial decision. Absolutely. I have opened my trench coat and shown you what's underneath. (laughs) Thank you so much. Please tell me the embarrassing things you have bought. That's actually the perfect segue, uh, the trench coat thing, because my first movie that I've purchased recently is Magic Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it so now do you only own Magic Mike or do you also own Magic Mike XXL? I think I okay. so to be fair, I think I rented it. So we're going on on rentals. Mm. Just that one. I did not get to the sequel. It's set in Tampa, where I was raised. Mm-hmm. Very nice portrayal of the city. Yeah, I don't... It's kind of a weird movie. I, I Like, it's so much different than I remembered it, but uh, enjoyable. Then I only have one other TV show that it's saying I bought, like, just flat out purchased yep. to own forever. And that is the first season of Love After Lockup. <laughs> I 
am a bit concerned for myself, but also like this is definitely true to who I am. So there's that. Was the reason that you needed to buy it because you wanted to have it to watch whenever you want or because it wasn't available other places? Like what were the circumstances? I think it wasn't available. I think I had been watching it on some sort of an app and then they got rid of Mm. it. And so I had to, you know, I had to watch it and I made a decision that I'm not particularly proud of, but, you know, I can go back (laughs) and enjoy anytime I want, I guess. Good for you. That's really all I can find, weirdly. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think the moral of this thing (laughs) is that that I have really questionable No, I was going to say is that like I'm really playing fast and loose with buying things. Yeah, I I don't purchase movies or TV shows a lot. I'm not really sure why Love After Lockup was the thing that I needed to own or needed so badly that I had to purchase. But um, here we are. I mean, I think you're making better decisions than I am. Let's just say that. Am I? I think so. Okay. (laughs) I'll take a win where I can get it today. Great. What thing would you like to start with? Um, As I sit here in my Ebenezer Scrooge type nightgown, let's talk about what we wear to work from home. And if you have any sort of philosophy about what you wear, how you get dressed, Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Would you like to answer first or I can answer first. I? I, I have some pretty strong feelings here that I feel like are not going to be. Oh, a hot take. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's a hot take. I think it's a warm take. It's also situational. So when everyone was getting ready to to work from home who worked in an office for lockdown, I think there was that block of people who were like, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do my hair, I'm going to put on an outfit, I'm going to look great, I'm going to, it's going to make me productive. I am at my most productive when I am at my most comfortable. I dress like a college senior to work from home. I'm currently wearing a Boston College long sleeve t-shirt that I picked up from a chair. Definitely has been worn before. It wasn't like fresh out of the laundry. Um, and I'm wearing a pair of yoga pants only because I have to go to the grocery store after this. If not, I would definitely be wearing some kind of sweatpants. At I, least you're wearing pants, you know? I am wearing pants. I also will sometimes wear the same outfit multiple days in a row, just like the same sweatshirt. When I turned in my edits, I had this shameful moment where I was like, gotta go shower now. It's been a few days. I've been wearing this sweatshirt for three days. Like, let's change. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I like to be at my most comfortable, so I don't really have any advice for you. I'm just like giving you a permission slip if you're looking for that. I realize that I don't have to get on Zoom calls that are professional in nature. I too have not brushed my hair today and I can just sit here on Zoom with Olivia and make her look at me. Here we are. You look great. (laughs) You know, sometimes for other professional meetings, I'll throw something on top that makes it look like I'm dressed, a sweater, uh, mm. but, you know, not not going the extra mile unless I have to. When do you, like, get, quote, quote unquote, get dressed up for, for going out in life? to the world? Oh, Just yeah. Yeah. For, like, plans. So social plans. Okay. okay. Got social it. Social plans, which is interesting because I do like getting dressed. I do like clothes. I do like expressing my personal style but I feel you know how some people say that like style is what you dress in for yourself when nobody's watching yeah if that's the case (laughs) oh like I feel that I make an effort for other people I do not make an effort for myself if that's the case then I think I I currently today belong in some sort of a different like a different century mm. based on how I'm dressed. What is your philosophy on on getting dressed for working from home? Is this helpful to anyone? Like I'm just <laughs> multiple people have asked me to talk about this. So if I hope you're appreciating I think they were it expecting, if you're out there. I think they were expecting more actionable advice than well, wear the same sweatshirt 3 days in a I row. I think this is maybe I think this is maybe why they asked. When my life isn't a steaming chaos like black pit you know like that like pit in the middle of the ocean of trash i feel like i'm just sort of floating in the center of it you oh know? yeah like you're, miles you're a trash island yeah exactly anyway when i'm in a normal sort of routine i usually wear four different outfits per day why why well that sounds like <laughs> okay, so, so much effort i know so i would say probably 85 percent of the time put out like a morning outfit which is almost always leggings or bike shorts 
tall socks, a sports bra, and a gigantic sweatshirt. So this is my uniform for eating breakfast, doing my morning stuff, usually writing if I'm like, again, in any sort of routine. This sounds um, like my whole then, day outfit. So you start <laughs> well, where uh, I am, and but then you improve. Oftentimes it only stays at that, which is fine. But then I'll, if I work out, mm-hmm. I will wear it to work out because I'm already dressed in it. And then after that, I'll change into like a cute outfit. Okay. So I think maybe why people ask is sometimes I post that that outfit, the cute outfit that I would wear to like an office or whatever. Okay. Now tell me, do you feel like a cute outfit makes you feel more productive or put together? Or is it because you have to take photos for Instagram? Like what does the cute outfit give you? I would say most of the time it's just because I like clothes and like it just helps mm-hmm. me feel like I'm wearing some of the 9,000 pieces of clothing I wear. Sure. Sometimes it's because I have to shoot something, but it just helps me feel a little more put together. But honestly, I usually only wear like that outfit for maybe four or five hours mm-hmm. um, because by the time I get to the five, six p.m. time, I'm getting into my evening wear. Sure. Which is sweatpants or sweat shorts, some sort of a bralette. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you still want to feel supported. You don't want to just be like free. I, but, I very much agree with that. Yeah, but no underwire, of course. And a t-shirt or sweatshirt, depending on the season. And I have this weird thing about like food smells getting into my clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I never want to wear that outfit to bed. So then I have like a different outfit for sleeping. Anyway, Jake does the laundry in our house and he's always like, why do you wear so many clothes? And this is why. But that's that's my usual breakdown for the day. And sometimes I'm just braless, pantless and uh, wearing a giant flannel at 1045 on a Monday morning. So it's the uniform There's on Trash Island. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. It is the uniform on Trash Island. Population me. Oh, man. So to our listeners, you're welcome. If I had to give advice, I would just say, do what works for you. And like, if you want to put a cute outfit on for only a few hours, do it. You don't have to wash it afterwards. Like, if you don't, don't. Do you want to be naked? I don't know. Go for it. I feel very fortunate that I do not have to get dressed every day in a serious way to be on Zoom calls in my home. That would be really, that would be a bummer. It would be bad. And I have gotten more and more not in the mood to do my makeup, like ever. Mm. I love doing makeup. And usually if I put on a cute outfit, I'll put on like just basic everyday makeup. But God, some days I just not about it. Do you put on makeup every day? No, no. How how often do you think? A few times a week. Social plans. If I'm like night plans. I'm with you there. I've forgotten your next thing already. So this will make it a surprise again. What is your next thing you want to talk about? Oh, my next thing is what is your realistic dream trip that you most want to take in 2023? Oh, gosh. Okay, you go first because I need to think about this for a second. Okay, so I have a genre of trip, but I don't have a specific trip. I am jonesing for a beach vacation. I feel like in 2022, I did a lot of city travel. I did a lot of very on-the-go travel because I'd been so um, hemmed in because of quarantine. I felt like I wanted to, like, go to Europe and, like, take enriching vacations. And now I want to plop myself on a beach chair and lay there and read a full book in a day. And I want that so badly. I actually emailed, there's this hotel in Harbor Island in the Bahamas where me and Grace and Katie Storino went in 2019. And I emailed them to see if they had availability in January because I was going to treat myself to like a trip for finishing my book and they didn't have any availability. So I don't know specifically where I want to go, just like really relaxing beach. I do not want to do anything. Yeah. You texted me on Friday and you said, I think we should go on a beach vacation in March just because, because like to reward ourselves for living, existing, (laughs) existing. And I was like, all caps. I was like, where do I put in my credit card? Like I am desperate to go to a beach vacation. Yeah. I sent that to you. We were in South Carolina and it was like 70 degrees and I was just sitting in the sun drinking a bottle of rosé. And one thing about me is if I consume any amount of rosé in the sun, like you better believe I will probably book a tropical vacation at some point in that day. Um, I didn't, but I I am with you. Like I am craving doing nothing in a tropical location. Yeah. 
pick a place wholeheartedly. I think that's our problem is we're playing chicken on who has to actually do the research and, and figure out where we're going. I know. I did look up flights to a couple different places. And one thing is March, and I know this because my birthday's in March, but and so is Jake's, but March is so expensive spring to break. go anywhere tropical because of spring break. Mm-hmm. But April, April might be good. Okay, great. I'm available. I think I want to have like two to three tropical vacations. Great. I'm available. Um, okay, great. Once I go into my hole and then subsequently come out of it, maybe I can contribute more to this in terms of brain yeah. power. But just talk to me more at the end of the month because I have to pay quarterly taxes next oh, week yeah. and also in between now and then close on this house. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to make it happen because I'm craving this in my soul. Me too. Just as you are. Yeah. But if you drink any amount of rosé, just send me a link, some dates, <laughs> and okay. I will. I am ready. Okay. I will. I will. I definitely will. I promise. We'll make this happen. Okay. So what is your dream trip? Is it that tropical vacation or do you have another place that you're you're dying to go? I think that's the most, there's so many places I want to go, but I think that's the most realistic thing. And obviously moving is stressful. House renovations are going to be stressful and all of that. One thing I wanted to ask you about moving, I know you don't want to talk about like the house or anything in detail is what are you going to do airport wise? Do you then have to drive into New York City to go to the airport? Well, (laughs) probably Albany. Oh, okay. So it's, it's like 45 minutes from Albany. Does Albany have a lot of flights? It'll be connecting probably. Okay. It does. But it's, um, yeah, I, I'm almost like New York would be closer, but New York City, but it's, it wouldn't be closer, but they would have a lot more direct flights. But then you have to deal with parking your car at JFK, which I, I don't. Exactly. I honestly don't know how that works. Exactly. And like we could take the train, but I just don't even know if that sounds particularly relaxing. So yeah, it's going to be a whole new world of figuring things out. Okay. <laughs> One thing I will miss so much about Philly is our proximity to the airport. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful but you know bittersweet let's take another ad break so i have a confession to make which is that i used to have this truly horrible habit of crowdsourcing opinions from friends whenever i was experiencing any type of new health symptom then whenever they would inevitably tell me it's nothing you're probably fine my health anxiety would compel me to prove them wrong and say something like, well, they're not a doctor and I'm going to Google until I convince myself I'm dying. And, you know, needless to say, this wasn't a totally great way of dealing with symptoms or my health in general. And, you know, maybe someone out there can relate, but I'm here to remind all of us that while you're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat, you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. I cannot tell you how many times I've fallen down a rabbit hole on TikTok and suddenly let a complete stranger convince me that I have a rare medical condition in a 30-second video. It is so stressful. It's not helpful. And take it from me, there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals, not random internet people. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. I've used it for dermatologist appointments. I've used it for gynecologist appointments. There's tons of options. When you're not feeling your best and you're just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com BOP. ZocDoc.com BOP. Olivia, where are we going now? So my next thing is another request I've gotten quite frequently from listeners, which is to talk about journal prompts, what we write in journals, how we decide it for the five-year journal. How do you choose what to write about in only a few lines? I'm really excited to hear your answers because if you listen to last week's episode, one of my goals this year is to journal and I am nine days into journaling. Oh, how are you liking it? Spoiler, my line a day, five-year journal is my obsession this week. So I'm liking it a lot. I'm very excited. Nice. But I don't think I'm an expert. Okay. 
Well, I don't think I'm an expert either, (laughs) but I will share, I guess, a few of the things that I do when I can't think of what to write. I I will, I'll say my go-to is like, I write about whatever is top of mind. So if something is bothering me, if I'm anxious about something, I just try to write the first things that come to my mind about that. Um, Yeah. Like I kind of think of it, like if I met a friend for coffee or lunch, what would be the first things that came out of my mouth? Exactly. Exactly. And I find that is so therapeutic, like just to put into physical writing, like that thing that can't get out of your head. It helps me so much. So if that for some reason isn't working, I will write about a TV show I'm watching or a song I really like and like oh, I love why that. I like it. I think I was actually inspired to get the five-year journal from things I bought and liked. Mm-hmm. She uh, said when she doesn't know what to write, she put down, I think she said like whatever song she sang her daughter that night to go to sleep or whatever mm. book she read her, which I thought was really sweet and simple. So yeah, I don't overthink it. And some days I just write like today we did XYZ or whatever. I kind of like yeah. the idea of the more mundane ones of I went to XYZ place for dinner mm-hmm. or something like that. Because I feel like by the time you're on year five of the journal, maybe that place is gone, especially in a city or, you know, like you haven't been there in a while. Like I love the idea of a reminder. Same thing with a song that like you can just bring yourself back to a time and place. Yeah. It's good to have a mix. As I've been looking back on my entries from last year, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And this is the second year? The third year? How many years? of This is the second year. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to pick a date and I'll tell you what my entry was for that day last year? Yeah, I do. I want to hear what you wrote on June 14th. Wow. That came to you so immediately. I don't know. I just picked a date. It has no significance to me. (laughs) I hope it's a juicy one. This is actually really, it's about the podcast. It's really embarrassing. I said, I'm getting my first paycheck. That's not the right word, but I'm getting my first paycheck from the podcast this month. And I'm so excited. I can't believe I can make money from something so fun. Olivia, are you lying to me? (laughs) No, I swear to God. This is so nice. (laughs) It's really, I'm like turning red, but yeah. Wow. It's like you knew, but yeah, sometimes it's just something like that where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm feeling this way and it's not anything particularly moving or like, I guess it is kind of sweet, but But it's not like some literary genius is my point. That's nice to look back on. So in a year's time, if you hate me and you get to (laughs) June 14th, you can be like, hey, remember when I was excited about this? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Next year, we'll um, I'll have you choose a day if you want to. Yeah, for sure. You can update us for sure. So do you don't have any methods that you used yet? No, not yet. I mean, mostly my entries. I mean, I've I've literally been doing it for nine days. (laughs) My entries, I usually do it in the morning in kind of the time while I'm having my coffee. So I usually write it about the day before. And Mm -hmm. I haven't really done much this year. Plans are exciting wise. So mostly it's talking about how stressed I am about my book deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you felt stuck at all? Writing? No. No. And I like the amount of space. I feel like I can usually fit. I I write fairly small in it. So I feel like I can usually fit like five lines. So it's like today I felt like this and here's another thing that happened, you know, like just like really quick. So I don't feel like I'm like, oh, God, I have so much space to fill. I feel like the one line a day would be way more difficult for me. Yeah. I know a lot of people do that. Like the tiny one. Yeah. I would be like, oh gosh, that's only a few words. Yeah. There are options if that sounds better to anyone. Yeah. What is your next thing? Oh, my next thing is Emily in Paris, which I'm shocked to hear that you have not watched. I'm... I know. I specifically want to talk about it because the third season just came out. And over the holidays, I feel like I had so many conversations with friends and saw people talking about on Instagram that they were going to crush it in a day. They couldn't wait to watch it. They hated it. But like it was still they were still watching like it it has a weird quality to it. Is this like a Virgin River thing? Yes, but different. OK, what would you compare it to? So I think Virgin River is a good comparison, but it's a different spin on that. So I feel like Virgin River is melodramatic. So much crime happens in this small town. It's like very soap opera-y. This right. is like... A worse version of Sex in the City. Or maybe I was just really young when I watched Sex in the City and it didn't come off as as ridiculous. 
I mean, that makes sense. It's a Darren Star show. Emily is, quite frankly, dumb. <laughs> Does not deal with interpersonal situations well and has very poor impulse control, like very poor impulse control. And so she's constantly doing things that you're like, what? <laughs> Give me an example. Um. Okay. So this is like a low stakes example because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But like this season, she is like in a meeting and she just throws out a different creative idea than what they're pitching. And the client is like, we love that. And she's like, okay, great. And it's like, Emily, if you were my coworker, I would slap you if you did that. <laughs> is it coming back for another season? Yeah. 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 It wow. is. So people love it. It, it. I love it and hate it in equal measure. I can't <laughs> describe. Should I watch this? Yes. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I wish people could see your face because you were like, yes, but well, your uh, eyes, your eyes said no. <laughs> so your eyes said save yourself. It's but your so voice crushable. Said, yes. It's so crushable. They're 30 minute episodes. So they're really quick. Everyone's hot. There's a lot of plot. So like, even though people are making poor decisions, like it moves fast, like things are happening. I think it's like cheesy funny. It's not actually funny. So I think I have two theories about what makes it so addictive. So first, I think there's like the huge escapist element of moving to a different country, which is so I think a lot mm -hmm. of people have like a dream life where they're like, oh, I would love to do that, even though it's probably impractical to like go get a job in another country. So I think there's like some wish fulfillment aspect to it. Second of all, Pat Field does the costumes for it. And the the style is incredible. I've seen some photos and it looks just so cool. Yeah, the, the style is incredible. So for me, it's very visual feasty, even if she's so dumb. <laughs> it's, it is like actually shocking how this made it to TV that nobody in the process at any point and over the course of three seasons was like, you know, she's a dumb bitch and we should make her a little bit less of a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm going to save this for like next time, like knock on wood, next time that I get sick. Perfect I think it'll for, be that. Good for that. Perfect okay. for that. Okay. I think also you having travel anxiety, it might be a great show for a plane for you. Oh, good to know. Last plane ride, I watched The Mole on Netflix. Hmm. You're not into like reality. No. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Never mind. Anyway, if anyone out there sort of is or is a little bit, The Mole on a plane, I, I could have sat there for 15 more hours oh. and watched the show. It just made it fly. So this discussion was not as satisfying as I hoped it would be because you haven't watched it. It's okay. But for our listeners, if you have theories about what they have what they have laced this show with to make us all keep watching despite its many, many flaws, please come talk to me about this in the Facebook group. I think a lot of people who listen also watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's going to be a good conversation. I hope. And I think I'm curious to hear, but I think we would all agree that it's quite bad. <laughs> That's Virgin River. It's going to hit a point where it's like, this is too bad. I, but I don't know what point that is for either of those shows. Oh, uh, Virgin River hit it last season for me. But I'm over it. It's still it. going, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. It really was like the first episode of Virgin River when I found out that the entire show had taken place over the course of less than a year that I really just couldn't wrap my mind around it. It's chaos. It's chaos. Let's take another quick ad break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have to admit that, like I said, I am currently very much not feeling like my best self. Almost every single healthy habit I have that makes me feel grounded is completely out the window right now. And there have been many, many years in the past when this would have sent me into an immediate shame spiral and beating myself up for not feeling good enough and doing well enough in this new year. But I am still making time for therapy right now. And I honestly think that this paired with the skills I've learned in therapy over the past couple of years is keeping me afloat right now. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you, even in times where it feels impossible. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And remember, therapy is for everyone, regardless of what you've been through in life. Even if you think your problems aren't big enough for therapy, it's an experience that can help you to feel more empowered and balanced. 
And I totally used to feel this way about therapy too, that I didn't have enough issues or trauma to warrant me seeking out a therapist. But after two years of regularly working with my therapist, I can say that the experience has helped me set boundaries, build confidence and self-esteem, and see the bigger picture so much more easily than ever before. I'm able to trust myself and like myself enough to know that even in the busiest, most stressful times, I deserve to take care of myself and be kind to myself. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad on paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad on paper. So I was struggling what to choose for my third thing. I eventually landed on embarrassing stories. Mm -hmm. Do you have a most embarrassing story that comes to mind that you would like to share? I'm, I mean, I'm positive I do, but I can't, I, you sprung this on me and I, I know, I'm, I'm sorry. The only thing that is coming to mind, a childhood embarrassing story is coming to mind where, do you remember in art class where you had smocks that you put on over your clothes? Yes. To keep you clean. I remember one time in art class, I was probably in fourth grade. I was taking my smock off and I took my whole shirt off with it. Oh, oh God. I remember that. Remember when you take your sweatshirt off at like PE or something? Oh God. And I took my whole shirt off and we were like in in front of everyone. And I was so embarrassed. Oh, I, we've all been there. That's, that's the worst. I feel like that's kind of low stakes. I feel like that's a cop out, but I can't think of anything in my adult life. I sprung this on you. Tell me yours and I'll, I'll try to think of another. Okay. So mine at the time it was humiliating for me, but I now know it's more embarrassing for the other person and I'm sharing it because I guarantee there's someone out there that has been through this Okay, that will be like, at least it isn't me. So, and if I've shared this on here, I don't think I have, but Becca just stop me. Jake and I, our apartment in New York, we lived on the sixth floor. And one day we had just been to the farmer's market. We got into the elevator. I was feeling really good. I think it was a Saturday and in the elevator, with us. This is a very small elevator. Anyone that lives in New York knows like those six floor buildings, those tiny, gross elevators. Um, Ours is probably like littered with cockroaches in the bottom of it as they were everywhere. But um, this woman gets in and we've never spoken before, but she lives on our floor. And like the first thing she says, she doesn't say anything. She just looks at me. She goes, is this your first? And I was like, what is she talking? And then I realized she thought I was pregnant and she was asking, is this your first pregnancy or child? Which, and then I had to be like, oh no. But then we had to ride the elevator slowly because this is an old crappy building all the way up to the sixth floor. And I was, and Jake was there and I was so mortified that I was distraught. Like it was the worst thing ever. But I'm sharing this because in retrospect, what an idiot. This woman was such an idiot because what if, first of all, what if I had like been pregnant, if I was pregnant, what if I had been pregnant before and like I had miscarried or my child had died? And then you're asking, is this your first? Like, it's just so awkward. Not to mention, why, why, when you've never spoken to someone, even if you yeah, have, why, is that why do people start? do this? Why do people comment on other people assuming things like this? Anyway, it was, I've like, it was really horrible <laughs> and just the most awkward, embarrassing moment. But now I'm able to be like, what? That person should be absolutely mortified. I wish I had like some sort of comeback for it. Anyway, I share this because I'm sure that there is someone out there that this has happened to. And I share your, that always makes me cringe, but also screw that person feeling. So yeah, that's my story. (laughs) That's my story. I regret to inform you. I haven't come up with anything. (laughs) I mean, I have a drunk story, but I feel like it makes me look terrible. I shouldn't tell it. It's okay. You can if you want. No, I like it. I threw up in a bathtub once. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You know what? If you come up with your embarrassing story at any point, you can you can bring it up. Thank you. Thank you. It's like a 
uh, some sort of monopoly card that it's not get out of jail point. free. It's like put your foot in your mouth for free. If you'd like to share your most vulnerable moments at any point on the podcast, please do. I'll get a buzzer for it. Like, you know, the Staples easy button. We'll be like, this week we read so-and-so book. And probably be like, actually, please hold. I have something I'd like to share. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like my friends are going to listen to this and come back with just like a myriad of embarrassing things I've done to share. So I'll let you know. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Should we get into some ad matter? Yes, please. Tell me your obsession. My obsession is the menu. I don't think you've seen this because it's scary. I haven't seen this, but you're the second person in 24 hours to have said how much they enjoyed it. I loved it. I would say it's more of a thriller than like a traditional scary movie. There are some like jump scare moments, but it's this really interesting portrayal of like fine dining. For those that don't know, it's about this super exclusive restaurant on an island for like the most wealthy foodies and celebrities. And it's like a very, it's very much a status symbol to go there. And then they get on the island and uh, some things are revealed. There's secrets, there's twists and turns, but it's very much dark comedy. It's like satire. It was really smart. And it would just be a great movie to watch with other people because it's a perfect balance of surprising twists and turns and also just being funny. So I, I really recommend it. What's your obsession? Mine is my five-year journal. I bought it in person. I bought it at McNally Jackson, so I don't have a link for anyone, but Olivia has a link for hers that we can share in the the show notes. It's kind of like the moleskin notebook size, not like the teeny tiny one, which is what I used to have that I didn't use regularly, but I'm obsessed with it. And I'm, I'm obsessed with the idea of journaling and I like that I'll be able to see it year over year if I stick with it. Yeah. It's next year. It's going to be so satisfying. <sighs> I'm really excited. I bought some stickers to go with it, too. Oh, nice. Morgan from NYC Book Girl said that she uses stickers in her. So I bought some I bought some with typewriters on them, and I was going to put a sticker every day that I wrote. But that's cute. I don't know if I'm going to do that because I feel like hopefully that's most days. So I don't want to – maybe if I have, like, <laughs> right. a book milestone or something. I also bought little plain stickers. Oh, yeah. I love that. I had never thought about doing that, but that's a great idea. Yeah. What are you reading? I have read nothing. I've complete. I've I've read, but I haven't finished any books in the past week or so. Okay, probably because of you know Trash Island. Sure. Yeah, and there's no reading on Trash Island. No, it's hard when you're drowning in trash to yeah read. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what have you read? I read two books. So on January second, I had come back from New Year's. I was had been like very socially plugged in, and I was like, I just want to crush a book in a day, and um, I read. Confess by Colleen Hoover in one sitting, like a few hours. Um, I find Colleen Hoover books so crushable. This is a romance. I really enjoyed it. It's about a girl. She's, I think she's like 19. So it's not young adult, but it's not adult adult. It's about a girl who meets this guy who owns an art gallery and his art is all based on anonymous confessions that people like slide into a like a suggestion box basically and they have a unexpected link connecting them from the past um but it was really good you know it's like all of her books are just like big emotions and like melodramatic but i like this one i'd never heard of that one it um became a tv show i watched the first episode of the tv show a while ago and i didn't love it and everyone on instagram told me that the tv show is terrible so i didn't (laughs) keep watching it it only did one season too so i don't think it was gonna be like super fulfilling Okay. All right. Noted. Yeah. I'm kind of just like working my way through, I mean, her back catalog, Ellen Hildebrand's back catalog, just like, you know, slowly. There's a lot. I know. Yeah. And then I read Age of Vice by Deepti Kapoor. Have you heard about this one? No. Okay. So it just came out this month and I feel like it is getting a lot of buzz. It's um, the GMA book club pick this month. And it's getting a lot of buzz for being just absolutely bonkers. And it is. So it's about gangs in India. It's set in the early 2000s. And it's like a multi-POV novel that's told from probably like five or six points of view. It's super fucking long. It's like 550 pages. Oh, wow. It starts with a car crash that kills five people on like the first page. And like a servant has was the one driving. And it's told from all these different points of view. It is bonkers bonkers. It's being developed into a, a TV show, I think. 
I have you finished it or you? Yeah, no, I finished it. I started it and read like the first 50 pages and I woke up the next morning and was like, I cannot wait to read this. Oh, that sounds actually really like something I would enjoy right now. Yeah, it's very different than my normal taste. You know, it's not like something I would usually gravitate towards, but I like really enjoyed it. Great. And if you want to read our January book club pick with us, it is The Villa by Rachel Hawkins. I think Becca described this as a mix between The White Lotus, Verity, and... Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes, Daisy Jones and the Six, which I've seen many people in the comments on Instagram uh, say that that was a totally accurate description, and I would have to agree with that. Becca and I both read this book in one sitting separately. So that says a lot about how fast paced it is. It's a thriller, but it's not super scary. And I just think it's going to be a really fun book club episode and discussion. So join us. Please. We'll discuss the last Wednesday of the month. So that is what we have for you. Come to the Facebook group and talk to me about Emily in Paris. Tell me what your theories are. Tell us about what you write in your five-year journal and where you want to go this year. Answer our questions. Answer our three things. You be in it too. I love listener participation. Me too. I read all the comments on the Facebook group and on the Instagram. Yeah. I read all of them. Yeah. Come to the Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper. Follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm at Olivia Mentor. And hopefully next week we will be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed <laughs> and we'll be done with our with our vacation to Trash Island. Hopefully. Hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. At least I'll be wearing pants by then. Let's hope. Eh, Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) It's a pants-free zone. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.